0: the i love tattooing podcast welcome everybody i am clay and i'm here with my partner jack from orlando and we own and operate atomic tattoos in central florida Um, i'm in the tampa bay area jack is in the orlando area and we both are tattooers who run and own tattoo shops we have multiple locations and we have a kind of walk-in custom shop business model where you can walk right in and get any tattoo you want or make an appointment and have something custom done so this is a kind of uh our introduction to uh everyone and w- why we're doing what we're doing uh we we both have been in the business for i don't know probably about 30 years at this point i think jack you've been in for 30 years is that correct yeah 30 yeah 31. um I, I am pretty much self-taught. Um, Jack went through a real formal apprenticeship from uh, a you know, person that I've been tattooing for a long time. So we have a little bit of a bit different background, but we kind of share a lot of the same values and um, kind of have the same outlook on a lot of things. Um, <clears throat> we've seen a lot of changes in the tattoo industry and um not all of them are great but you know that's that's life i guess um so Jack, why don't we uh talk about where you came from and how you got to where you are well as as you said i i did an apprenticeship
1: um i apprenticed under a guy that had been tattooing for 25 years um and he was very very old school um, he had isolated himself from other tattooers. Um, a lot of us we associate with other people that tattoo and and we share knowledge and and he he didn't do that. Um, any other tattooer was a threat to him, and that's a, that's a very old school mentality. You know, you hear a lot about the the guys that were tattooing in like, you know, the thirties, forties, fifties, even up into the eighties that were one person in a shop, and that's it. And you know. They're, they didn't associate it with other tattooers. So, the guy that I taught me, his name was Dave, and um, I learned using acetate stencils. Um, and uh, we only did single needle outlines, except on very dark skinned people. We would use a tight three. Um, he colored everything in with a seven round, unless it was like a back piece, and then he'd use a 14 round. Oh, and God and and that's how I learned you know what I mean no no mags and um, you know uh, Dave knew how to use flats but flats were bad because you could cut somebody yeah and um, I mean it was it was crazy I was with that guy for a year I worked at his shop and then when I went somewhere else that was like another apprenticeship basically it was yeah. a very eye-opening experience I had to use learn how to use a thermofax and make mags and um, but it was awesome. I'm very thankful for for the experience I got. My apprenticeship was very formal. We had uh, we had a written agreement. I paid him ten thousand dollars for my apprenticeship, and um, I I knew you know at what point I was gonna learn to make needles. At what point I was gonna start tattooing people. It was it was it was very well laid out. And um, for all of his faults, uh, Dave definitely had a good apprenticeship program. And it's weird because he was really, really against it. Um, I I only know of one for sure other person and there's another person, I think. So maybe he taught like three people in his career. Um, I pestered the shit out of that dude. He was either gonna teach me to tattoo or ban me from the shop. (laughs) Um,
0: And What what year did you uh, start your apprenticeship?
1: um 1992. okay um i was in the army i got out of the army and i um, started learning to tattoo um i was getting tattooed by him when i was in the army and then i was just you know hanging out um and like i just made myself useful um i I'd offered to do drawings for him um he wasn't he wasn't really that great of of an artist he was an excellent tracer and was really good at like combining different images from reference material to to lay out a design. Um, but like if you wanted him to lay out a sleeve, he'd just be like, okay, cool, pick something off the wall. <laughs> and then figure out the background later. Um yeah. and and so that's what I did. I, I was I really, really wanted it, and I really wanted him to teach me. His line work was perfect. Even with a one, it was amazing. And, I didn't know shit about tattooing, but I, I knew enough to recognize like a good, well done tattoo. You yeah. know, and you know that was that was a big deal. His the way he did his outline, it was it was perfect. So yeah. I made that
0: teach me basically. It's, it sounds like he really had a lot of technical skill as far as like the application of a tattoo and things like that.
1: Yeah uh yeah and i mean I, I like to think that my line work is still pretty good learning <laughs> that way will definitely will definitely make sure you have clean lines it's hard to line with a one oh yeah um, every once in a while i will still like make a couple needles i'll make a one and and maybe do something with it just to tumble myself a little
0: see if you still got it
1: yeah um i you know anybody that i teach or that I, I see is learning you know i i have multiple locations i have multiple stores i have a bunch of people that that work for us and um so i'll ask the, t- the apprentices be like hey do you, you want to learn to make needles and um they're always like ooh yeah because you, you know even yeah, though they, it's a skill they'll never use, I I still teach people how to make needles because I think it helps you understand your equipment. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. I I, um, people think they want to learn how to make needles until they have to make needles, and then they're like, oh man, what am I doing? This is this is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: it's it's not fun. The the headache from the the yeah. flux and oh yeah, it's great stuff. <laughs> burning yeah. your fingers <laughs> yeah and, and uh sorry for n- newer tattooers um needles weren't always
0: the little cartridges they were actually like, on a bar and, and you know. well it, it, and to be fair sometimes you could buy just the the needle heads and solder yeah. those to the bar and like that's when r- things really kind of um sped up as far as like uh needle making s- time that you had to spend on that stuff you know oh yeah that that seems like not a big deal, but that was huge. Yeah, because the
1: lo- the the most time consuming part is, especially with mags, is making the the needle heads, weaving those mags. Yeah, and then from there's a couple t- companies I used to buy them from, like either technical or dermographics. You could buy a pack of the just the heads, and yeah, you're right, that that really changed things. Um, why did we make needles? Because pre made needles were stupid expensive. Yeah, um, I went out of town and. Uh, was tattooing and I had more clients than I had brought stuff for and um, I was actually close to national so um, I called them up and bought some pre-made needles and Dude, they were like, I can't remember. It was either three for fifteen dollars Or uh, Five of them for fifteen. I, I can't remember. They were either three or five bucks a piece. Yeah, and and um, you know we're talking like early 90s that was definitely more money three bucks now who cares right but then it was, it was more you know
0: yeah, it was crazy yeah,
1: gas was like a less than dollar a gallon back then probably huh yeah probably no but um yeah so you you made needles and and I, I don't know that's where I came from um and uh it was cool um I I didn't get Like the abuse a lot of people talk about during apprenticeships i mean i definitely did some stuff that wasn't really part of tattooing um you know uh, i've never found the need to uh be able to polish the chrome on somebody's bike yeah since i left my apprenticeship except for my own but uh (laughs) i did that you know um lots of food runs lots of like normal stuff nothing that was too crazy I, i hear horror stories, especially from like some of the staff that work for me, where they came from and it it, crazy. And and we'll get into that in other episodes.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there's so many different kinds of people in tattooing now that there's going to be all these different kinds of experiences. I think back when, when you started and probably, you know, when I first had gotten into the industry, the kind of people that were into tattooing were basically the same kind of people. You know, they, they were, you know, bikers and that kind of, you know, outlaw subculture type thing. And, you know, they, they functioned a certain way and they had expectations. Like you said, your, your, um, your guy, Dave had, had a plan laid out for you. Um, Nowadays, I, it seems like that's almost unheard of. I mean, when you hear of somebody that has a structured apprenticeship program, it's, you're just like, what, really? That's insane. But. (laughs) <laughs> or other tattooers like shit all over it,
1: because having any kind of structured apprenticeship program, that's too close to being a school, and and you know, we yeah. can't have that. Well, we have schools, so yeah, and it's, it's not. It, and the the our our resistance to that thing as tattooers, people being so against it, is the reason why we have schools owned by people from outside of tattooing.
0: Yeah, yeah we we did that. Yeah. We fucked that all up. We we left a hole in the market, right? There's a demand for this service. Yeah. And um, you know, people don't know the difference. They just, oh, it's a tattoo school. And now it's shit, some of them are accredited. You know, they've been around long enough that the state yeah. just recognizes them and they, they ain't teaching nobody shit, but they're there and there's people lined up with, with thousands of bucks to pay these these hucksters to get into the business. And they still gotta go do a fucking apprenticeship when they're done with it.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, accredited that matters because if you're an accredited school, that means your um, your students can get financial aid. So these people are now taking out student loans and a- and and able to get into tattooing. Well, How fucking crazy is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's insane. Yeah. So anyway, um, so when I uh, and related to the needle making thing. I had um, national catalogs and and Spaulding Rogers catalogs where you could see the the needle making jigs and stuff. But um, at that time in my life, when I was kind of teaching myself how to tattoo, I was a welder and I saw the material that they used to make like needle grouping jigs and things like that. And I knew what it was. Um, One thing is a um, drill bit index for tiny drill bits. And that was what you would use to tighten the needles. And um, I, I. went to the welding shop and got one of those things I was like, Oh, this is the thing right here. And then, um, another thing that I think Spalding had was this little kind of tube that you would put the needles inside of yeah. And, and it would like hold them together so you could solder the end. And I kind of reverse engineered one of those. It was like a, so, um, the bars that are on the, the needle bars, those are, um, three, one, six stainless steel welding rods. That's what they are. So I knew what that was, and I was making my own bars out of um, 316 stainless steel welding rods and then I figured out how to reverse engineer that that needle grouping thing and I made one of those. So I kind of get it all kind of myself um, but it was because you know I was in the welding industry and I had access to that stuff and I knew what it was when I saw it. so um, that that kind of mentality for me helped me move forward into. You know progressing through tattooing i learned i learned how to build machines by taking them apart and putting them back together you know nobody taught me that stuff um i just kind of had a knack for it so <clears throat> that was tattooers
1: back you know our generation and before there was a certain amount of mechanical aptitude that you had to have um you had to service your own equipment and be able yeah. to make needles which requires being able to solder and not that that's difficult or anything but you couldn't just hop on amazon real quick there was no fucking internet you know yeah. like you had to get a catalog mailed to you yeah. you might even have to prove that you're a fucking tattooer to get the catalog yeah. but national yeah. they wouldn't just send shit to anybody you know what i mean um other companies spalding didn't give a shit yeah. to, you know they'd mail that shit to prisons if they could you know <laughs> um but You had to be able to do that, and that's really cool how you figured that out. Um, There, there's definitely something to be to be said for that. That's pretty cool because I was going to ask, how did you figure out making needles?
0: Reverse engineered it, man. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but I've always kind of been like that. Um, I was always just naturally curious about things and um, interested in how things functioned and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I knew how a, a tattoo machine worked without even understanding like electricity and magnetism and things like that. I just knew this piece goes here. I don't know why, but it does. Cause if you don't do it that way, the fucking thing won't work. So, you know, I, I kind of learned that now I understand, you know, electricity magnetism a lot better. Um, but you, back to your point that you couldn't just order a tattoo machine from one of 50 guys that makes tattoo machines right i mean there was three or four places you could get them and it took weeks to get it and stuff like that so if your thing if if your machine broke you had to fix it you know there wasn't some guy you could mail it off to that uh would repair them i mean maybe there was but we i didn't have access to it so i had to we had to you know know how to operate and and work on those things with it when it broke
1: yeah and and now it's disposable your your thousand dollar rotary brakes you throw it the fuck away that's it (laughs) you know Uh, i'm sure some of them you can uh replace the motors in but that's the expensive part yeah Yeah. um i man i'm still using the same machines i was using 30 years ago
0: i definitely own the same machines that i had back then but i got a little bit nicer stuff now
1: (laughs) yeah um I, the liner that I got when I started has definitely been altered, but I still use it. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Um. So you didn't have an apprenticeship. You figured out on your own how to make needles. And then- um,
0: Well, let, me, let you- me say this though. I, I didn't have an apprenticeship, not because I didn't want one. It right. was because I lived in a town that didn't have tattoo shops. So um, I'm originally from Tallahassee, Florida. And in the 90s, there was no tattoo shops there. So was it illegal? I, I guess so. I mean, I I was a young guy and I didn't really understand the way shit like that works. So I didn't really look into it. Um, I presume it was illegal. Um, it must have been because there would have been a tattoo shop. It's a college town and stuff like that. Tallahassee is sort of like the Bible Belt, right? There's no... Back then, anyway, there was no strip clubs, tattoo shops, things like that. Um, a lot of businesses were closed on Sunday, um, you know, which it was a nice place to grow up or whatever. But it was too small of a town for me. But anyway, we had to go drive to Panama City Beach to get tattooed. That was the closest shop to us, and uh, we were going down there when, you know, me and my friends were 16, 17 years old, probably getting tattoos. <laughs> And it was wild yeah that's crazy um
1: tattooing was illegal um in the town that i learned in in killeen texas um, which is right outside of uh, fort hood it's a big military base and um they had outlawed tattooing but the dude that taught me existed before they passed the law so he was grandfathered in um if he ever closed that shop that would have been it there would have been no yeah. tattooing there And then in the early 90s when the state of texas passed started regulating tattooing um that changed everything because the state laws um, regarding tattooing kind of voided all the weird little municipalities that had outlawed tattooing and tattooing had been outlawed by pressure from the military because soldiers were going to these terrible places and you know Getting fucking infections. And, you know, back then they thought getting tattooed meant you were getting hepatitis. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I've heard that the military has gone through cycles where they would allow tattooing and not allow tattooing like some new general or whatever gets in charge and he don't like tattoos and can't have tattoos anymore and then the next guy comes and he's like yeah fuck that guy we're gonna allow tattoos again or maybe it's a matter of like hey we need to recruit people and um we need to allow tattoo people to come in because we're low on numbers or whatever so that's Panama City where we used to go get tattooed was next to um I think Tyndall Air Force Base Mm -hmm. and they uh they would they were telling me you know that that that's how it would be like the air force would allow tattoos or not allow tattoos or whatever
1: yeah when, when i was in it was just um as long as you didn't get them like on your hands or your face as long as they were covered in a dress uniform you yeah. were fine and i know like after that actually when tattooing really started to become popular the military kind of Tightened it up to where you couldn't have anything visible when you were in your PT uniform. I knew a guy that had a bunch of stuff on his legs and he had to get a waiver to, to go in, you know what I mean? He had to get the special whatever to, to to be allowed to join. And, and I guess they've loosened that back up now. I know um, police departments around the country have loosened up their requirements, too, because. You know, they want prior military. Well, all these guys are coming out of the military heavily yeah. tattooed, so you know. Um, yeah. It, it, it's a weird thing. It's in you know, we all think we younger tattooers and and, and and a lot of us don't think about what it was like to be heavily tattooed when you were probably gonna be the only motherfucker in the room that was heavily tattooed. Yeah. Yeah. And um go into small towns and shit like that like it was definitely different i would get followed around i got followed around a harley davidson dealership in oklahoma city in the 90s one tattooing was illegal in the state of oklahoma and i was heavily tattooed and the one place where i figured i wouldn't get grief about it they fucking thought i was going to steal something or or do something you know what i mean because i just i look like a fucking outlaw to them you know
0: yeah, it's it's crazy because uh I went to the fair with my family this year and there was groups of cops walking around and every group of cops there would be like three or four cops at least one or two of them were heavily tattooed like full sleeves. Yeah. And I I was like, man, I, I can't remember seeing that many cops with that that much tattoo coverage i mean you always see a cop with a tattoo every once in a while but i mean these are people that are just covered with really nice tattoos too i mean yeah that's awesome i I thought it was cool you know i mean i'm not a huge fan of cops but i like tattoos whatever (laughs) nobody really is Um, (laughs) Ah, There's people that like cops man (laughs) other cops (laughs) cops. (laughs) yeah I, i think we we come from a time where uh being heavily tattooed was not common and uh you know it was it was more for people on the on the fringes of society bikers punk rockers um you know people that you know didn't want to fit in you know and it was a, it was a different we got treated differently like you said um it, yeah it's not like now where it's on TV every commercial has tattooed people you see billboards with tattooed people um which I think is great but it's just not you know that I think people don't understand that it used to be a lot different. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, tattooing has always been such a
1: unique and very very special thing. I mean, it's crazy. I fucking love it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I love everything about it, even even the stuff that I hate. It's, fucking <laughs> awesome. I, it's because it's something completely unique to to this thing of ours. You know what I mean? Like tattooing is very special. Um, and i mean you know the the new generation of tattooers are trying as hard as they
0: can to fuck that up but, oh, but come on now i mean there's definitely um, <laughs> there's definitely some disconnect from the newer people to uh you know the 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 place where we came from um, yeah. but i don't think it's a deliberate no i you know i think I, it's I, just a natural evolution yeah. of things you know things change there are some you know unsavory characters in tattooing and yeah i wish we could get rid of them but you know it's always it's it's um
1: and it's it's not even like that it's become more mainstream because that's what we always wanted right we always wanted um more people to come and get tattooed as as tattoo artists that's what you want you want a bigger clientele you want more people to come in you want to um you know, not get harassed when you go to the grocery store. Before I had my hands and my neck tattooed, I had my I had sleeves, yeah. and the difference in how I was treated if I wore a long sleeve shirt was incredible. Um, yeah, it yeah, it was it was it was crazy, um and I'm I'm certainly not complaining about that. I did this to myself, and I got tattooed because I'm fucking antisocial. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I, that's cool. You know um but uh it's it's not not that way now i mean to a certain extent what was crazy is back then you know uh, heavily tattooed men were not that common but to see a woman that was heavily tattooed oh yeah that was fucking nuts and and i had a friend she was very heavily tattooed and i told her one time i was like man i love walking down the street with you i was like because i am fucking invisible nobody yeah. notices me says anything okay. Because I'm with this cute girl that's got fucking sleeves, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, the harassment that that poor thing got, you know, especially sure. by other women, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's 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 a lot different. Um, it's a lot easier to be a tattooer now, for sure. You know what I mean? Like as you mentioned, there's a gazillion supply companies, and dude, a lot of them are making incredibly like quality products you know there is so much innovation in tattooing right now because there's money you know
0: well Um, there's there's also a lot of people in it right 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 the the more brains that are involved in it the more different directions it's going to get pushed and pulled and different things are going to get tried out and and i think when that happens that's part of what brings money into the business you know because there's new shit that we can do and new ways to do it you know yeah i mean look at something as like it's as
1: common as like disposable tubes and the i mean that wasn't even a thing when i started oh no I mean, yeah what not till 2000s disposable
0: yeah i think i think i remember um disposable probably early 2000s is when it yeah. really started to become but now there's you know so many and cartridges
1: and and all of that but like you know there's uh, uh doesn't uh uh workhorse have like a biodegradable or recyclable disposal tubes like the grips are made of cork and um all environmentally conscious kind of stuff yeah. maybe i i don't know i haven't seen that that's cool though yeah um and and you know a lot of the things that we were using in tattooing like ink caps were not made for tattooing no. that's like uh to to protect fittings for hydraulic lines and things like that and now they're being specifically manufactured for us thermofaxes and thermofax paper were not manufactured for tattooing that's a photocopier was really expensive and that was a method of copying documents for schools and and government agencies and stuff like that
0: probably a lot of other businesses but yeah we called them ditto machines when i was a kid and they would Mm -hmm. produce like that purple ink paper and it was a little bit wet and smelled funny when you got it yeah yeah, and
1: sometimes you'd know that the teacher had just ran a bunch of them off because they
0: were still warm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, a lot, a lot of things in tattooing are just were appropriated from other things because the industry was so small and and kind of um, boutique or or um, I don't know what the word is uh, bespoke. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, people would use a barber chair, a dentist chair. They didn't make tattoo chairs until, you know, in the past 10 or 15 years, probably, you know. Um, But, yeah, everything came from something else for tattooing. We had a weightlifting bench. That's how you got your chest tattooed,
1: you know. Um, Yeah. And then I remember somebody bought a massage
0: table, and we were like, whoa. I remember, um, before armrests were made, people would buy those, um, like pipe stands to, to, when you're cutting pipe, you would have this like platform basically with a, with a base that you could adjust and made a, um, like an armrest out of that. Uh, I mean, armrests are relatively easy to make. So that, that became a, a, a thing. And there was a lot of people in that period of tattooing who were bringing a lot of, um, new ideas. in. so the, the the um appropriating the pipe stand didn't last very long yeah i
1: um i made a little wooden box that i put my foot on and oh, then yeah. I, I would rest the customer's arm on my knee i had a yeah. laptop cloth yeah. and, um until i uh met a guy whose old lady was a welder and i was like hey could she make me something like this because national sold them they were just expensive yeah and uh yeah i had somebody make one for me
0: i still tattoo like that i just grab a hold of people and yeah. I, I don't like I'm, that. Stan gets in my way. Yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten pretty pretty used to it.
1: Uh it 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 keeps me from punching over. Oh, you know right. what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh, um yeah. well um we we also came from the era of walk-in tattooing. I mean, we came from people would line up at the shop sometimes before you open and walk in when, when we opened up, look around the walls and pick something out and just put it on their arm. Like that yes. was, that was the first probably five years of, of my professional tattoo career was doing stuff like that. Occasionally somebody would say, Hey, I want to get, you know, this, this particular thing, you know, this image or whatever. Um, and not, you know, the guy that owned the shop where I was working at, he would do a lot more specialized stuff like portraits and and um a little bit bigger uh japanese style tattooing you know that's he had been around longer and understood more about that than we did so <clears throat> we were just doing shit off the wall and that was kind of you know how how we learned to tattoo is by doing jd crow flash and cherry creek flash and uh picture machine flash and all the yeah. stuff that uh that every tattoo shop had in the in the 90s
1: yeah the
0: world flash was really important um the shop
1: i learned at uh all the flash was either there was some uh old spaulding flash and then there was uh tons and tons of hand-drawn flash that dave had done and um he uh people would bring in tattoo magazines and be like i want this one you know what i mean that was the beginning of the Pinterest tattoos, you know what yeah. I mean? Tattoo magazines. So, anytime somebody asked Dave for something, and he had to draw it, he would put that aside. And then, when he had enough drawings to make a sheet of flash, they all went on that sheet, and oh, that's cool. on the wall. Nice. Um, and then that's what what he taught me. You'd comb through tattoo magazines looking for. Uh, reference and then and then draw that and and create flash you had to be constantly producing flash because people were going around the shops and getting stuff off the wall and 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 you had to have new stuff for people to get and then when i left there and, and went to where i was working next um they had all the old stuff but they also had all the the jd crow stuff which was new and i remember when cherry creek came out yeah me too That stuff, like you had to have it if you didn't have it the your customers were going to go down the street to the guy that did have it. Yeah, um, and and that was that was a big deal. Um, we didn't call them walk-in tattoos; they they were just tattoos.
0: Yeah. And, well,
1: I'm, you I'm know? saying that for yeah, the know. That
0: people <laughs> that don't know. Um,
1: one thing I've noticed is is I think without know knowing it now, a lot of people are like they like to stick things in little boxes and kind of limit themselves. Oh, I, I don't do not do walk in like, why that guy wants a tattoo you, you're not doing nothing do the do the walk-in you know um but yeah it's an appointment tattoo it's a walk-in tattoo i saw some guy online saying the same thing and i was like yeah that dude's that dude's totally right you know um the shop i learned at wouldn't make appointments um, first
0: come first serve.
1: yes and i think it's just he didn't want to be bothered he didn't want to um try and manage an appointment book or or guesstimate how long because what if you think it's going to take two hours and only takes an hour Well, you you're sitting around for an hour and you that's money you're wasting yeah um because if you tattoo by a military base and it's payday weekend you got to get that money and if that means staying at the shop till 4 a.m you, you got to do it the the gis would line up outside the shop on payday weekend a couple of hours before we opened yeah. and if you walked in and at 20 minutes after we opened you'd have like a fucking eight hour wait and they would do it. We had a pool table we had a TV and we had a soda machine. Yeah. And then there was fast food places they would drive to. And yeah, man, that they just, they just hung out, you know, all day. It was an all day thing. You'd hang out at the shop, you know, or the smart ones would put some money aside and then wait till the middle of the month or whatever to go get that. But Yeah. yeah, payday weekends were crazy and it, I'll bet it's still like that, you know, Oh, I'm sure. anybody that's ever done a friday the 13th thing at their shop that's what payday weekend was like
0: yeah but the guys were getting bigger tattoos of course
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: sure well i heard recently somebody talking about some guy that um has some deal with the government and he's putting tattoo shops inside military bases so it is definitely still a thing wow that's that's pretty crazy i mean
1: why not you know what i mean I would do but it. You, the <laughs> is never going to stop soldiers from getting
0: tattooed, so yeah. control it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah I don't. That's I don't funny. know the details about. It. I just heard about. it. I was like, oh wow. That's- yeah, I think maybe I heard something about that too. I, I probably didn't believe it. So, I mean, I've I've heard it more than once at this point, so I yeah. kind of think it's real. I don't want to believe it because it's not me doing it i wish i did it but whatever do you do you remember there's a thing
1: going around the internet that uh, uh walmart was putting the tattoo shops in like where they have nail salons yeah i remember that that was fake and
0: it was started well, by, started by a feller we know oh yeah um <laughs> uh walmart does have on their online uh store um tattoo supplies but yeah their online store is the same as amazon.com I and mean, right. anybody can put products on there and sell it. And, and I've seen a lot of people, um, be upset by Walmart selling tattoo gear. And I'm like, it's, it's their fucking website. You can put stuff on there for sale yeah. not. There's not tattoo gear for sale in Walmart, but I do think that they sell some after tattoo specific aftercare inside Walmart. Yeah. I, so Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't I've, shock me. Yeah.
1: I yeah, think. I've seen Tattoo group at yeah. Walmart. Um, it was a while ago. I don't remember where I was. Uh,
0: not here in Florida, but yeah, somewhere. Um, I mean at at this point, there's there's no stopping uh vendors from selling products if they if they want to sell them. You know, we the the days of um only tattooers being able to buy tattoo products are long gone, you know so yeah you can't put you can't fight that
1: I received a sample in the mail and I cannot remember which company it was from but it was it was either A and D or Lubriderm and it was an aftercare product specifically for tattoos and they sent us a sample not not wanting us to carry it because I, I looked to see if we could buy it wholesale Right. But wanting us to recommend it to our customers,
0: which tattooers are doing now.
1: They're always like, oh, yeah, put some lubriderm on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've I've heard that. Um, this is the most common uh, aftercare thing that I've heard. We should probably do a whole episode on aftercare, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. One of the most common things I've heard is wash it with dial soap. Yes. Put lubriderm on it. And I ask the people, why do you tell people that? Oh, they say antibacterial dial soap. Okay. Right. But I say, Gold. why? Yeah. yeah. Why do you tell people that? I know the answer. I want to see if they do. And and inevitably, they think about, well, that's what I was told to tell them. So somebody somewhere decided that was what what is the correct way to do it. And everybody's just kind of run with it since then. And I said, well, do you know what antibacterial means? And then they think about it and usually say, well, it kills bacteria. And I say, yeah. And technically, all soap is antibacterial because, you know, you're rubbing soap in your hands and the mechanical action of moving is killing bacteria. And then the soap is, soap is an emulsifier and all, all this other stuff, you know, the whole process of how it works. And I go, why don't you tell them to use the stuff that we sell? Because it's made for, you know, our industry by people that support us. But, you know, they, they, that's what they were always told. So I don't know. It's weird yeah we should do an aftercare episode
1: my favorite is i heard a tattooer go okay use aquaphor put a little bit of aquaphor on it wash it with dial um don't use any petroleum products like what the fuck do you think aquaphor is it's runny vaseline
0: yeah yeah (laughs) runny vaseline
1: so um you had mentioned that we did walk-in tattoos when we came up and stuff like that and and uh that was kind of the industry standard there was a lot of people that took appointments and um also the industry standard and i i was thinking about this i really hadn't given it much thought but most tattoo shops were one guy yeah you know there were definitely exceptions to that rule but for the most part it was one guy you know and um uh if you saw a shop where it was a few people that was that was different you know um my father-in-law was a tattooer through the 70s and 80s and um he figured out that if he hired somebody he could still go to the bar and be making money at the same time so that's what he did he had this this lady named vita that tattooed for him I, i wish i could find information about her um but yeah, he hired somebody, and 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 that was unusual. There was actually that was in Denver. There was another shop, a um, uh, guy named Peter Pilos, uh, Peter Tattoo, and um, he had multiple locations across the country, and they were usually staffed by several people. Uh, and he was a big one on teaching women to tattoo. Um, so he had he had a lot of females working for him. There's actually a, a woman in. Denver still tattooing named Kim that learned under Peter and worked at his shop there. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, it was just one dude. Yeah.
0: Well, um, when, when we first opened Atomic in 2001, we came from the, you know, walk-in model, street shop model, and uh, we wanted to have that same kind of experience but you know try to improve on it uh we we made the shop big and open and bright and had a lot of uh what we thought was cool flash at the time you know it wasn't the the cherry creek and um jd crow stuff it was like artist flash like you know we had flash from different artists that we liked and that was um it was still really before the internet was a a, a big thing um so, you know, it, it, it was, I guess, the natural progression of of that era. And since then, we've kind of maintained the same street shop walk-in that you can get a custom tattoo model. Um, and a lot of other tattoo shops, especially in, in Tampa, and I don't know exactly how um, – what everything is like in Orlando, uh, but everything seems to be changing to a lot more of a um, appointment-only kind of make. You know, you you come in and get your tattoo, and the guy the guy does one tattoo a day or something like that. There may be one or two other people working there, or even just one person, and their hours are like noon to six or or you know noon to seven. They're 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 not what I always thought were normal tattoo shop hours, like noon to, to nine or 10 at night, you know, people get off work, and they go get a tattoo. Some people work, you know, night shifts, or they'll come in earlier or whatever. Um, but it's, it it seems like things are changing. In, in in the way that tattoo shops operate now, is that something you've seen in Orlando? Yeah, and
1: a lot of trends in tattooing are, are I feel are are customer driven, like, we i have flash on the walls and it's it's fucking decoration yeah every once in a while we'll do something off of it my favorite is when that somebody shows me a pinterest tattoo and i go oh yeah we have that right here and walk over and point at the jd crow rose um and they go oh uh that's customer driven stuff um but the weird hours and the appointment only—that's that's artist-driven. That's yeah. that's what the how the artists want it to be. Um, and if that model works for you, that's that's totally cool. Um, unfortunately, most customers want what they want when they want it. Yeah, you know, and and they 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 don't want to make an appointment. They don't want to wait. You know, they want to get it now. And if you can't do it right now, they just go somewhere else and get it now. And and that's cool too. I. I i used to get tattooed that way and now i'm a little more i I don't have a lot of room left so you know i'm planning things out more than i used to but man it was fun to be like hey fuck it let's go get a tattoo you know and um and that was cool that was a really cool experience but i understand both models and and but customers are always going to want to do walk-ins and and you know there should be people there to fill that void another thing is there's all these salon loft places now and i don't know if that's a big thing over there yet but um there's tons of tattooers that have gone and opened a private studio and they're in one of those places and they're they're doing their own thing um i don't know anyone that has been successful at it and able to make a living um but i'm sure there are people out there i know i don't know like three or four people that that have done it one just opened um another one it's like uh she's got another job to support herself and yeah i, I don't know i mean it takes the right person to be able to pull that off you've got to be you've got to be motivated you've got to yeah to build a clientele and to 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 go to work and actually do the tattoos you know what i mean and if you're in something like that there's you're not getting walk-in traffic so you no. better be able to promote yourself well um and for some it works you know what i mean um but the the third year tattooer that thinks they're hot shit, <laughs> I don't know,
0: man. yeah well I, I i think that also used to be a little easier to do before they changed all the algorithms on social media um yeah the the algorithms now are almost impossible to understand. You you can just see when you're scrolling and then you see something and you try to go back to it, it's gone. Like the feed refreshes when you're, it's trying to suck you in, you know? And I get it, but I don't understand how it works. And like, how do you use that now to to promote yourself and advertise? Um, It used to be, you could see somebody had, a certain number of followers and their interactions would be about 10% of them. And that would be, you know, that's, that's the way it works. I don't think it's like that anymore. I think you can have 10,000 followers and your interactions might be, you know, one or 2%, maybe five if you're lucky, but it's not 10% anymore. Like it used to be. It's, it's, it's strange. And and I think that is going to make it more difficult for people that are like these little owner operators that are trying to do a private studio to really promote themselves and really, um, gain new customers outside of, you know, whatever word of mouth they're getting from their existing customers.
1: Yeah. Um, just how social media has changed our industry is, is a whole episode on its own. I mean, that is, is, the impact of social media is insane. It's definitely made us a lot more accessible. Um, I, uh,
0: well, I think social media primarily has taken uh, away the, the mystery of tattooing. Yeah, it's, it's death. And
1: like, if you wanted to talk to me about a tattoo, you had to come to the shop. Yeah. Now you can, you can email me. You can, you know, message me through multiple fucking different social media things. And, you know, I, I even have a, a Google voice number um that's an app that they can text me you
0: know
1: if they call it it goes to the shop but they can they can text me you know yeah but um yeah we're definitely more accessible and that's quite frankly better for the customer
0: i guess you know what i mean well of course yeah we we want it to be as convenient as possible for clients to get information about tattooing at least you know from from our business um I do. There's nothing better than the the face to face meeting with, with a yeah. customer because you know you're selling yourself when, when you're selling your tattoo services. You are the product. Yeah. And, and you know, it's a lot harder for me to convince somebody I'm the right person to get a tattoo over the phone or text or whatever than it is in person.
1: Right. And it's it's um it's very difficult to read somebody's tone. Yeah. Um I like, I mean, how many times have you looked at an email and thought, is kind of a dick yeah know? and then but it's it's not meant like that it's just nah. you know that's how you're perceiving it that's you you know not the not the other person um and and yeah it's always better to chat with somebody about a design um it drives me nuts how many people are like how much for this and i i understand the customer the customers have no experience they don't know right they don't know that i can't just tell them a the price you know what i mean um all of our artists at their their own prices to a certain extent you know what I mean we have a set minimum we have a set right. hourly rate but the artist still determines the price and and I don't want to quote something that somebody else is going to think is too low or too high so i'm always like hey please come talk to an artist you know what I mean yeah and they're like well can you guess well sure i guess you're gonna have to come talk to an artist i, I don't know like I'm sorry I can't I can't you know and i think that's off-putting to the customer i don't i'm sure there's a better way to handle it i just ain't figured it out yet you know a lot of times i will give them a really wide range be like more than 100 less than 200 or or whatever you know yeah yeah um but i get it like we are both tattooing in 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 tourist destinations yeah and you have people coming from out of state or out of the country that are trying to budget their trip Yeah. and they need to know if they how much to put aside for that tattoo and really the reason is i'm not i'm I don't want you to come in so I can talk you into getting the tattoo. I mean, you reached out to me. You're right. definitely interested. Um, but there's a lot of variables with getting tattooed and and placement and size. And I mean, I'm sure you've had this too. Somebody tells you they want it three inches and and they don't. They want it fucking 12, you know. Yeah, they,
0: they don't know what three inches is.
1: Right. <laughs> you know, well, she can thank her husband for that. <laughs> but, um you know, uh, or well, like i wanted the size of my hand well i don't how big is your hand dude mini me andre the giant which one yeah, you know yeah. I, Actually, I always I ask, ask send me a picture of their hand <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's no reference for how big the hand was <laughs> big that's big. awesome i i asked people before so you want to, about the size of your hand and they're like yeah and i said well how big is your hand compared to mine and they were like well i can't see your hand and i said And i can't see yours either so i don't know <laughs> what to that? tell you <laughs> yeah i gotta make them laugh about it you know like oh you understand now like yeah you need to be in person to do this yeah
1: for sure um and you know part of what drives the price is the artist's desire to do the tattoo you know what i mean for sure um and that sounds kind of shitty but like some people really hate doing certain things you know i know guys that just they just don't want to fuck with american yeah. traditional right. They're just like i don't like it it's too simple whatever blah 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 and it's like so they're not gonna and i love doing it so maybe i'm gonna give you a better price than that right. Guy, right you know what i mean it ain't gonna be different by much 20 bucks something depending but you know it's always best to come in you're probably gonna get a better price if you go in and talk to somebody than you force them to quote you online or they're just going to fucking throw out a number online that isn't going to matter when you actually show up to the shop. So I think an important question that should be asked here is, um, why do you think we should do this podcast? What's what's the goal?
0: Um, well, based on a lot of the other podcasts about our industry and tattooing and stuff, it's a lot of awesome tales of stories of crazy shit that's happened of interesting, you know, um, people and, 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 you know, things that have happened. And I haven't heard a lot of stuff about the business aspect of it, like running a shop and, you know, dealing with customers and things like that. Um, a lot of, a lot of the stuff now is also about, uh, like tattoos themselves, right? Like, this is how this tattoo was done, and look at how this was composed, and all that. People breaking down tattoos or critiquing them or whatever. Um, I I feel like, you know, we we have a lot of experience running shops and working with a lot of different tattoo artists, and you know, we 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 are always discussing all these crazy things, um, you know, that we're dealing with and going through, and. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a good way for us to kind of give a little back to tattooing to share some of our knowledge and experience with people so that, you know, they can maybe learn from, you know, mistakes that we've made or, or you know, things that we've kind of unlocked and figured out. Um, so that's, you know, I, I feel like it's sort of a way to give back, you know, because, you know, I love tattooing and I, I want to see it prosper and thrive and improve and I hope you know i can be a part of making it better
1: yeah i i, I agree with that wholeheartedly um i i want to see tattooing continue and 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 thrive and everything you said and and if i can pass on anything that i i've learned uh to help other tattooers then i think it's great because tattooers aren't businessmen most of us you know what i mean yeah. i have learned along the way um and uh uh yeah i i often said that instead of going to college for art i should have gone for business you know i mean i already knew the fucking art part yeah you know um so that's that's been a journey for for us um and uh what works for us might not be applicable for other other people we do work with a lot of tattooers i mean what do you have in tampa bay you have 100 tattooers that work for you
0: i think there's about 70 across yeah. the uh, 11 stores that we have here um yeah. we have 100 employees so there's yeah. there's piercers tattooers and counter people across all all the locations company wide we're over 100 oh yeah for I, sure i probably got i don't, I don't know 30
1: tattooers yeah. counting myself and a few piercers and counter people whatnot um and and i feel that working with other tattooers um definitely helps you grow as an artist um even if it's learning what not to do you know for sure watching something being like whoa i won't handle it like that you know i mean (laughs) everything's learning experience you're paying attention so yeah uh i i feel like that's something you know that we have to offer that a lot of other other people don't yeah and um uh there are uh, other companies now with multiple locations that's not as rare as it used to be but um, we didn't have a model to f- follow we kind of figured yeah. that stuff out you know Yeah, yeah. Um, I see a lot of misinformation on the internet it seems like there's a lot of people that love to make little videos on TikTok or whatever you know trying to pass on some wisdom to the young tattooer and they're fucking wrong. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff out there and, and a lot of it makes me think, I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, I, I hadn't looked at it like that before. That's really cool. Yeah. But man, like there was this dude going on about how if, if, if you're a couple years in and you're still taking walk-ins, you're fucking up <laughs> and not the first time I've been called the fuck up, I guess but, <laughs> dude, like that 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 business model isn't applicable to everybody especially like like look at the guys that are tattooing on miami beach that's tons of tourists and they're not all gonna make fucking appointments you know what i mean like
0: yeah
1: yeah tell tattoos by lou that they're fucking up because they take (sighs) you know that's ridiculous yeah so i i don't know i don't know why i think i'm more credible than that guy but Uh, i don't uh, know maybe maybe all the listeners will be
0: into it you know At least give them a different perspective. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we 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 don't know everything and we we don't understand every different um type of business model in the tattoo industry, but we know ours. We're we know how to do what we do. I mean, there there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, we've worked together for years and I mean we we talk constantly about you know how to deal with this issue or that issue and like we we know how to solve these problems. I mean, we're doing it in real time. For
1: sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, customer complaints and you know and conflicts between staff or staff yeah. and customers or just you know uh, hurdles that we have to deal with. You know, I feel like every time we get a new inspector for the health department, you got to break them in. You know what I mean? And 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 there's a gentle way to do that that doesn't offend them. And you know, yeah. I don't know things like that.
0: Yeah, um, yeah for sure.
1: So yeah, I I was thinking that my uh, my uncle lives in a very small town in Minnesota and gets tattooed by this guy that's on his third failing shop now, and he he'll open a shop and won't take walk-ins. And this is a small town and 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 uh, he's not the only game in town, but he is probably the best in town. And then won't take walk-ins; it's appointment only. And then that shop fails, and it's not because of his business model; it's because of the location. So he'll do the exact same thing in a different spot and and that fails and I think he's like tattooing out of his garage now or some shit I don't know but it's like hey man um you need to take a step back and look at what you're doing you know what yeah. I mean um and I, I think uh there's people in the industry that that are unable to do
0: that. Yeah. Well, people, there's people that are unable to do that, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not
1: specific to us.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I was talking to somebody um, recently and they said, well, what do you think the biggest problem? Like, you know, you traveled quite a bit. What do you think the biggest problem with Americans, like what you've seen traveling abroad? And I said, well, Americans generally have no self-awareness. They don't know that they're doing something wrong or they don't know that they don't know something you know i've i've witnessed things and and you know i think that's a problem in our industry too a lot of people lack the self awareness like what is the problem here like look at yourself mm-hmm, take, yeah. take a look at what you're doing the way you're thinking about it the way mm-hmm. you're processing things you know that start there because if you can fix yeah. that you can do anything sure um yeah i i tell people
1: i, I travel a lot too and i tell people your phone down turn your tv off and go outside (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's all everything um introduce yourself to your neighbor yeah and you know have a conversation uh uh america is nothing like what you see on tv not at all no way people aren't like that like you know i mean it's 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 crazy um, and, and tattooing is nothing like you see on TV either, you know, yeah. um, talk to other tattooers, uh, social yeah. media, everybody, social media is everybody's playing a role. Yeah. They're acting, in a, They're putting a show. Point. yes, they want you to, they want to be perceived a specific way. And it's usually like the very best life possible. Yep. and i have young artists ask me be like man how come this guy is doing just traditional stuff i want to do just traditional stuff <laughs> like well he's only posting traditional stuff we don't know what yeah. all is going on you just yeah. see this little tiny lens you know yeah but uh you know it th- there's it doesn't hurt you to hear somebody else's perspective for sure I, I love hearing other tattooers stories and how they came up and and their their struggles and their experiences and their successes you know yeah um i hear people be like oh i hope that fucking guy down the street goes out of business well i, I don't i want all small businesses to succeed you know yeah um i love the guy down the street he's a fucking scumbag and he's doing $30 tattoos and that's cool because I don't want to deal with the people that want $30 tattoos. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The guy down the street might be helping you more than you think. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So it, it's, it's tattooing is crazy and somebody has got to share like some of the stuff and there's a lot of like that. No lies, just bullshit. That podcast is great. Yeah. And that's cool old stories and everything like that. But yeah, this is a business, whether you like it or not. And I know none of you out there tattoo for money. It's all for the art. But <laughs> I don't tattoo for the money. Oh, so you're a fucking amateur? Because professionals tattoo for money. That's the definition of a professional: somebody sort of that yeah. does whatever it is for fucking for, yeah. paid. You know, yeah. you can love the art and get paid.
0: Yeah, a friend a friend of mine pointed out to me. Uh, um, he goes. Yeah, there's people that um, you know tattoo. Maybe they got another job like the person you mentioned earlier. And I, I started out like that. I, I worked as a welder and then tattooed in, at night and then uh, eventually made more money tattoo. And then I did in my factory job. So I was just like, oh, I'm going to quit. Um, but I, I really wasn't a professional tattooer until I made my living. Not just got paid, but made my living. Like that's how I supported my family was yeah. through tattooing. That's when I really became a professional tattooer in my mind, you know. I've been tattooing for a long time, but I've been a professional tattooer since the day I quit my other job, right? Um, so that's that's kind of how I look at it. Like tattooing's been really good to me. Yeah, um man. and I and I wanna give back. I wanna I wanna share some of the the wealth and and knowledge and experience that that i have and i hope this is a way to do it yeah with with all of the things that have been made
1: been made easier in tattooing um availability supplies and you don't have to make needles and and, and being more socially acceptable i mean there was a time where it was hard to find a landlord that would lease yeah. a spot to you to open a tattoo shop and in some places it's still like that yeah. um i feel like making a living as a tattooer was easier um in the 90s and early 2000s um now there's quite a bit of promotion that needs to be done and i mean we've always promoted and stuff like that but the customer is more savvy yeah and um they have more options too right yeah there's a lot more options for sure and i'm not saying that more shops mean you'll make less money it just means you got to try harder you know because you can still make it you know um i know tattooers
0: walk-in tattooers that are making six figures oh yeah yeah for sure the big the guys that make the most money in our company are doing almost all walk-ins right yep and that's that's the model that we have i mean there's plenty of guys that work for us that are doing custom stuff and they're making plenty of money too um Mm -hmm. but the guys that make the most are the guys that come in early don't turn tattoos down they stay right. late i mean they are they are grinding it out you know yeah and a huge part of that is being able to
1: draw something on the spot yeah. i see people go oh i'm gonna have to draw this so yeah. i need to make an appointment it's like dude i could draw that in 10 minutes
0: yeah draw it now like, the guy guy has,
1: <laughs> yeah the guy is handing you a picture of what they want yeah you know i'm not telling you to trace it but you can look at that and draw it and it ain't going to take long
0: yeah you know you are lazy Fuck, draw it <laughs> you know well i i don't even think it's a matter of laziness a lot of times it's like pressure right so yeah. this person's standing right here they want this image creative them, and and like you're trying to process how that's going to happen what you're going to do i usually like start sketching right in front of the person if i can like yeah. this how you want it right and just start drawing and nine times out of ten they're like that's exactly what I want because they saw you make it for them right there yes and then that, they get stoked on it yeah yeah, yeah. you were you were creating it from thin air like magic
1: yes being able to draw something on a piece of paper is is a pretty specialized skill and not everybody can do that yeah so um that and that definitely is a huge confidence booster for your your client too they they've seen you draw it now they know you know yeah. what i mean uh when you aren't when you don't just bust out of drawing it's that's, that's it's, they don't get to look behind the curtain you know yeah um and and yeah i i noticed that we were working together you came out here and worked and somebody wanted something that pretty much anybody in the shop would have been like oh I, i'm gonna have to spend some time drawing that and you were like well, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so I'm going to do it right now. And <laughs> you know what I mean? That guy was getting
0: tattooed in 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, draw, drawing on the skin is is also like that. You know, if you can draw yeah. something on their skin, that they they see exactly what the tattoo is going to look like. If if they can imagine that, because some people don't yeah. have that ability, they can't picture what it's going to be. They see these red and green lines on their arm, and they're like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, that's the tattoo, man. But some people yeah. look at it they're like, fuck yeah, it's going to be badass. So, you know, that's, an, that's another thing, drawing on the skin is, it's yeah, another for magic sure. thing. So that's
1: how I was taught to do cover-ups. You always had yeah. to draw it on. Yeah. Um, I don't draw them all on now, but yeah, I'll draw some of them. Depends on what the subject matter is and yeah. stuff like that. Sometimes it's quicker for me to do it on paper and make a stencil right. than it is to keep trying to refine a drawing on your skin. You know, it it, it depends, but yeah, that's, that's part of how you, become successful. And by successful I mean making a good living. Yeah. And enjoying what you're doing. You know? Yeah. And, and yeah, pressure that I hadn't thought about that until you just said it that some of them can't handle the pressure of having to produce art right
0: then. Um and, I I mean, it might be imaginary, right? I mean they they might what's the difference of drawing it right now or 20 minutes from now when the customer's not standing there. Who cares? Do it.
1: Yeah i mean we have a drawing table in the back where the you could tell the customer to wait in the lobby you know they don't have to stand and watch you um i I just got used to that because of the layout of shops that i've worked in before you know i I don't i don't care um so (laughs) the first time i tattooed my wife um (laughs) my wife is the daughter of a tattoo artist and um i've known her dad my whole life right so the first time i tattooed her uh she sat right there and watched me draw the whole thing and I'm like okay no pressure here you know I fucked this up her old man's man yeah.
0: coming for me you know what I mean like uh but it worked out yeah you know? yeah that's the hardest when you're tattooing a family member my mom's asking me for tattoos now too and I Mine's mean like I yeah her, no. I tattooed my mom a couple of times. Now I'm just like, I get one of the other guys to do it. Yeah, well, I wouldn't do that either. I don't know. I, I don't know. whatever. That's another. Well, I I would have my son-in-law tattoo my mother. That's oh well, you that's, know, keeping it in the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah,
1: yeah. I've tattooed my dad a bunch. I don't know. That doesn't cool. mean my yeah. other family members, my son, my uncles, you
0: yeah. know, But yeah, that's great. Know. Yeah, tattooing brings families together creates new families too you know yeah for sure um tattoos
1: tattooers and stuff definitely are my family um the guy that taught me was so hateful to other tattooers and 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 i always thought that like those were the people i wanted to hang out with right because they're fucking cool and they had an awesome job and so that's what i did you know what i mean I, i i met other tattooers that somebody you have some very unique experiences in common with yeah. you know what i mean i mean you know nobody else is you know probably had to do some of the things we've done you know yeah.
0: <laughs> that's probably a good thing <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah 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 so very yeah, I, early 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 in my career i had to tattoo an old lady's vagina oh man that's yeah, crazy she, she hit on me the whole time it was i was like 23.
0: that's yeah. that's never uh that's never <laughs> a comfortable situation right <laughs> no no
1: but you know so we uh tattooers have a lot to share with each other and um tattooing has always been a very secretive and very tight-lipped thing and to a certain extent it still is and sometimes it's not now it's cool. You got to hashtag your pictures with everything you're using because you want other artists to know that.
0: Look, I use the cool machine too. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. We used to be we would tell new newer tattooers that you know weren't on our level. We would give them misinformation just to kind of fuck with them a little bit. I mean, I yeah, I I don't do that now, but that definitely was a thing, you know, in the '90s. Oh yeah. If if I
1: bought ink, I took the labels off. You know, yeah. um uh, most of my career and, and still now I make my own pigment, but um yeah, if I bought something, like I'm I'm not making black. There's too many companies that make black that's yeah. amazing. And yeah, so yeah, I would take the fucking label off the bottle. Um in Florida now you can't do that. You've got to have it's gotta be labeled,
0: but um yeah, that's that's how secret we were. You know? Yeah. Or you put the wrong stuff out so people could see that that's what yeah. i use <laughs> i remember when when dynamic inc
1: came out um people were really hating on that company because their phone number was in printed real big on the bottle yeah yeah and they were like oh my god customers will be able to fucking call and order this shit." It's they're not going to sell to good. the customers but like so what if they you know, did that was a <laughs> yeah that was... yeah i like that. uh the guy yeah. that caught me to be a dickhead would save his empty bottles, he used spalding pigments and uh-huh. save the empty bottles. And then he would fill them with alcohol and shake them up real good. And then he would sell that to customers, be like, Oh, you want to buy some ink? Sure. So there's like almost no pigment
0: in it, just enough to turn the alcohol the
1: color it's supposed to be. And that's what he would say. So.
0: We, we used to tell people that we come in and ask, Uh, where we bought our pigment, that we would get it at Sears and uh we would tell him like hey look the guy's going to deny it right because they don't want um people buying it there it's kind of a secret so he's going to say he doesn't have it so you need to be really insistent go to the paint department and be really insistent and tell them i want the tattoo pigment you got it in the back i know you do and then they'll give it to you
1: yeah we used to tell people that here's called us up line line by line (laughs) except we tell them to go in the back by where they do layaway, and talk to those people because <laughs> they hit it hit it in the back. <laughs> yeah,
0: we got a phone call from Sears. They were pissed. It said we don't have any tattoo pigment, man.
1: <laughs> yep, I recently saw a post. Uh, somebody that was kind of old school. Like I can't think of what the fucking it was about, but they said you know uh to go to Hobby Lobby because they got it. But um, yeah. you got to talk to the manager and. He's not gonna know you're really a tattooer if you're not persistent
0: enough. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but I mean you ba- I'm I'm surprised you can't buy tattoo stuff at fucking Hobby Lobby now, you know what I mean? Um Sears, their for a while their website was like Amazon where other sellers could sell and you could buy yeah. equipment there, power supplies and stuff.
0: Right. Nice. You know? So
1: Amazon. the internet is
0: the greatest thing and the worst thing simultaneously yes yes it is
1: <laughs> and i'm sure that it's not just us i bet every oh, yeah. industry has been touched yeah. by social media one way or the other so the pandemic spawned tons of fucking home tattooers they bought the stuff on yeah. amazon they bought some you know a 30 dollar rotary some cheap ass pigments some practice skin yeah and uh i got tons of them coming in be like well you, you need an apprenticeship no i know how to tattoo look i, I did this i'm like yeah. that's cool you know uh you still need an apprenticeship that's you're not where you need to be you know yeah it's, and that was weird i'd never come in and people insist that they were ready without ever tattooing a person
0: you know well it, it, that's our fault though as tattooers that we didn't create uh, um generally accepted process for for learning how to tattoo. I mean, everyone agrees that apprenticeship is a way to go. Nobody agrees on how the apprenticeship should go. There's no, you know, structured agreed upon method of teaching somebody how to tattoo. So that's our fault. I mean, people are gonna we're gonna keep getting shit like this because we never took the time to collectively say, this is how you learn how to tattoo, period.
1: And until we do that,
0: (laughs) this is going to continue.
1: Yeah. And, and like I said earlier, where it's our fault that there's people from outside the industry that own tattoo schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody from outside the industry is going to tell us how we have to teach people. I mean, it, yeah. that's already a thing in some states. In Oregon, you have to go to a tattoo school. Yeah. Um, my friend that tattoos there calls them state-sponsored scratchers. Yeah. Um, and uh, there are already in place federal and state guidelines for what an apprenticeship is and um i'm sure that no one is abiding by those um but as our popularity increases as an industry the government is definitely looking at it and man the government loves to regulate shit. so that's the whole reason they exist they,
0: they that's they coming to so we can part
1: of that or, or not just like these new regulations where they're talking about everything we use is now going to be under fda guidelines products yeah yeah so that's a big deal you know
0: you should care it is we, yeah. we, we have to get involved right you have to take yeah control of the situation you either you either drive these forces or you get overrun by them you know yeah we got to pick
1: and it's it's been my experience on the state level with regulations the tattoo industry i've dealt with this in in two states now where um the state regulators actually welcomed um the input of the tattoo community you know um because they weren't they weren't trying to hurt us or put us out of business a lot of them felt like they were helping us somehow yeah you know and and we were actually able to get a lot especially in florida we were able to get a lot of input in and really help them you know, craft the laws.
0: That's it for this episode of I Love Tattooing. Sure hope you enjoyed it. Please check out our website, ilovetattooing.com and leave us a comment or send us a suggestion if there's a topic you'd like to hear us discuss or you want to give us some feedback. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. See you next time.